The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now, with me, I've got the College by the Sea CEO, Adam Wake, and uh, he's with us to talk about everything that's happening at the College by the Sea. So, Adam, thank you very much for coming down. Thanks for uh, having me, Mitch. And uh, in the past, I've spoken to Bill, um, but you say he's on annual leave and well-deserved because it's been a very big year down there at the College by the Sea. That's right, it has actually. Well, I feel like the last two years has gone by in a bit of a blur, but I'm uh, really happy to tell you that in the last, well, since the last lockdown lifted in the last seven, eight weeks, we've had more children on camp through cottage than in any other equivalent period in the last 131 years so it's been a big it's been a big couple of months and how did that come about is that because you've got more facilities or you're moving kids in and out faster or so the facility has grown we're lucky enough to have had um, an amazing refurbishment completed during 2020 um timing couldn't have been better um <clears throat> and yes yeah, so the capacity has increased but look sadly there's 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 never a problem uh, or there's never a shortage of numbers of children who need to have uh, an experience that Cottage provides. Um, but of course, over the last couple of years, that, in, that uh, need has only grown, Mitch. So um, we've made a very clear declaration that we're going to grow our numbers, and that's what we're in the process of doing now. So just talk me through this year and how you manage all of those challenges, because um, I'd imagine you have plans set, and as we're talking to some of the locals down here, they said the real thing that was difficult was the lockdowns, particularly the two our lockdown that came in at the last moment. So I'd imagine the cottage by the sea wouldn't have been immune from the challenges posed by those last minute changes. Absolutely. That has been the biggest. And, and there are so many things that happen in the background that can't be seen by anybody outside of the organisation. So you change one thing, you get a two hour lockdown, uh, a school has to go home or they don't make it. Uh, we had one group of children actually, we'd pick them up at uh, six in the morning, six, seven in the morning, and they were on the bus on the way to cottage for their camp. The lockdown came in, we had to turn them and take them back home again and then you have to reschedule that by rescheduling that others other schools need to be changed as well only yesterday a principal called me from a from one of our schools booked in at the end of january but she's had so many cases through her school both teachers and um and students that she feels it's very doubtful to be able to come in january uh, wow. so so we've moved and three other schools around i think it's three other schools and um all of those groups will come back on i'm very pleased to tell you again that every school that's been moved we've managed to get back in on another Slot. Yeah, well, that's good. Because imagine as a, a kid, you're full of hope and going down to a school camp or an event happening at the cottage by the sea, and then suddenly the, the word comes through, turn the bus around, that's it, you're going back to school. That'd be pretty tough. Oh, Mitch, what a bummer. For so many of these kids, they've never even seen the beach. So we're bringing them to cottage for the first time they get an experience like that. And... uh but now the facility, we do get them in. As I said, nobody's missed out yet. We do still get them in when they arrive. They see a big colourful slide um, as soon as they step through mm. the big glass doors. And when they finally actually focus beyond the slide, they actually can see the water, the beach, and the, the heads coming into Port Phillip. And just that whole thing about you know, schools still having cases, that is, of course, concerning. Because if you're like me and not really connected to schools, um, you sort of think life is starting to go back to normal. But I do know a lot of schools have clusters associated with them. They're closing down. They're disrupted. So it's been a very disruptive time for the students learning. But also now they're still battling with these issues because the school is closed down. And as you say, with case numbers and clusters around schools, that's something you have to be particularly vigilant about. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. 
pitch and uh, look I've been saying to the team at Cottage for uh, a number of weeks if not months now that wouldn't it be fantastic if we can and we have been vigilant if we can make it through to the end of the year not good we're nearly there <laughs> um, and yeah we've had nothing no incidences of any children coming through we had somebody who had a cold recently and we had a little bit of a scare but um, it didn't amount to anything so we've um, we've managed to do what we needed to do and we're still getting through is there a sense, though, that it's sort of only a matter of time before something happens? And, you know, because the virus seems to be out there, people that we know quite closely are getting it now, whereas in the past it sort of seemed like this distant, far-off thing. So I suppose you'd have a plan in place for if someone at your site became infected, which hopefully doesn't happen, touch wood. Yeah, 100%, yes, we do have a plan in place. But because the rules need to and are evolving every day or week, um, we need to be flexible enough so that uh, we can react uh, appropriately in that any given moment moment so while we do have a sense that it's only a matter of time um, we need to be flexible in how we're going to adapt or how we're going to respond to any given particular occurrence so just talk <laughs> us through cottage by the sea um, what sort of children come down to your establishment and what do they do while they're staying there so um, that's a great question um, we have a number of different types of program but I'll tell you one that came in a few weeks ago from well, believe it or not, those bushfires that hit the state were two years ago now, um, and we're still working with... It feels like a lot longer than that, doesn't it? Oh, it just feels like a blur, doesn't it? I'm not mm. sure if it feels longer or shorter. I don't know. I can't quite get my head around it, Mitch. Yeah, but I think I'm the same, yeah. Yeah, so we had a group from one of the impacted communities just a few weeks ago, and um, it was a very heavily based in water-based programs. Naturally, we're on the beach. Um, one of the groups of girls came running into my office um, after having been on a fishing charter and they'd caught 54 calamari and uh, they were so excited they were all shouting stories over the top of each other uh, to give me an idea of their experience these are things these kids have never done before of course and are likely never to do again what an amazing experience for someone that hasn't seen the sea before <laughs> absolutely to, uh, I do remember one moment one of the girls was very quiet but she managed to get her story out because I, I focused Focused on her because I could see she was the shy one, and uh, she said, "and uh, and 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 I got inked in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> what a great experience! Yes. You know? What a maybe not in the moment, but what a great story to be able to tell. Exactly. So, talk to us about how the organisation runs. So, you're the CEO. How many staff do you have, and do you have volunteers? And how does that side of it run? We've got an incredible uh, staff team that ranges from full-time, part-time, a lot of part-time and casuals. We've got a casual-based um, program team. And we've got um, a whole army of volunteers um, who are incredible without them, from the board of directors, who are all volunteers, of course, um, down to um, getting the lawns cut to help in the kitchen to every aspect of the operation, apart from program facing. You need professionally trained staff uh, for that, of course. So we've got an incredible bank of um of people uh, involved in the organisation. And I remember uh, Bill was telling us about the renovations you did in the slide it's um, at one point. I've actually seen the slide. Please but come up, it's incredible. come and have a look sometime on the way past today, probably. Yeah, I might just do that. But um, talk to us about the, the funding side of things. How does that work and how do you maintain those renovations? I'd imagine, I'm assuming it's quite a historical building and I know maintaining those sorts of things isn't very cheap. 
So the first cottage was built back in, well, between uh, 1890 and 1895. It took five years to raise the initial funds. So the first children came through in 1895. Yep. That was an old wood, wood building. And the current building was originally built in the late 30s. So, yes, extremely old. Uh, it's quite an institutional feel to it, which is largely why, um, you know, working with children who come with trauma, anxiety, everybody feels anxiety when you go to a new place, of meeting course. new people. Yes. These children, it's only more acute, uh, of course course for them um so it needed to be opened up bring the light in get that slide in uh, the funding side of things sorry to get back to your question um so um we're non-government funded for our programs um which is quite an uh, important aspect of what we do but the government we were very lucky enough for a standalone project not program standalone project which was the refurbishment that the government through the building better regions fund gave so us that was the federal government that was federal yep. government 1.5 million dollars of which philanthropy met that dollar for dollar and a little bit more to get the incredible facility we have now and in terms of philanthropy it's a very generous community down here i'd imagine does it mostly come from inside the borough or do you get donations from far and wide far and wide absolutely so there's, an, there's a lot of amazing uh trust and foundations based in melbourne who uh, understand and that's the key is understanding what it is the cottage does and the um uh, the few uh, organizations and facilities that do what cottage does uh, but also the borough itself is an incredibly um supportive community not just in the volunteers but also donations i'd love to i'd love to mention a couple of big events yeah, we've got coming up in january please that's okay, Mitch. yeah so we've got um the fair is running again uh harvey of heightens uh so number one uh, sponsor of the fair is coming with the fruit and veg i'm sure a lot of people out there will be pleased to hear because we had to cancel that of course um at the start of uh, 2021 so how do you run an event like that in a COVID safe way how does the the government's events framework allow you to do that is it quite straightforward or are there a lot of changes you have to make in order to be compliant we have to be um we have to be mindful of course of the regulations so we bring people in only through one gate and out through another yes. gate we try and keep the flow and we try and limit people on on in, inside of course we're going to have to check the vaccination status for people to come in um and so yeah we'll just follow the rules um i don't think it's overly complicated we just need to make sure we do it properly yeah, of course. And any other events you'd like to plug while you're here? So the fair is on, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on Saturday the 8th of January. Um, then two weeks after that, um, what is likely to be the second biggest fundraiser of all time. Uh, very lucky enough to have partnered with Boutique Homes. And thanks to Mormac Developers on the Point Point Lonsdale, uh, the charity home for Cottage has been completed and they opened it for inspections actually only just last weekend so that's on the 22nd of january we're expecting maybe 800 a thousand people along to that event there'll be uh, bouncy castles and things like that will be for the kids and maybe coffee for the adults but come and have a look that's going to be a massive day for us and it it ties in with a really um important aspect i've already mentioned and that is growing the numbers of children that come through cottage we um the money from the sale of that uh home that charity home which who knows what that's going to be now we were hoping to get maybe a million dollars net from that and and maybe that'll even be a bit more now um 
That will go towards renovating Riptide Cottage, which will enable us to bring more hundreds of children through. Of course, all that will need to be funded in the future. So what does next year look like? You mentioned you've got some school groups lined up and maybe some potential disruptions. We just don't know. Um, but do you feel confident? Do you feel optimistic now we've got a vaccine behind us that we won't have the same sort of in and out of lockdown that we had this year? Or do you think that um, we will sort of risk these new variants coming through, which will sort of um, challenge what we do? It's another good question, that isn't it? Look, always optimistic. We've budgeted for more children through cottage than we've ever seen ever. So it's uh, 1,700 children we've budgeted for. So if yes, absolutely optimistic. I think we're going to learn to live with it in some way or another. Well, thank you very much for being with us. Um, is there a way people can support the organisation or donate or anything? Because I remember in the past you might have run Christmas appeals and things. Is that sort of thing happening? Yeah, you can log on to the um, to the website, of course, cottagebythesea.com.au. Um, we've also got a Christmas appeal going, you're right, and a huge um, new and innovative way of uh, donating through our annual giving day, which is on May the 3rd. Look out for that, May the 3rd. You have the opportunity to double the impact of uh, the donation. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Um, we me. appreciate it. Um, Adam Wake there, the CEO of Cottage by the Sea on the program. We're broadcasting live from the Shelter Shading Queenscliff. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.